what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the hustle sold separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you human beings out there that are just different, right? We're all different creatives, artists, musicians, producers, uh, entrepreneurs, CEOs, innovators, uh, you know, all of you guys that are, I would say that are <clears throat> paving your own path, right? You're, you're drawing outside the lines. You're doing things a little bit differently, probably way misunderstood. I'm misunderstood. My guest today is we're, we're all we've all been there basically, and and the the point being is that like listen, we're all on a journey, and um you know all of you guys that are listening, I've noticed it from you guys reaching out all the time, talking about how much it's just about you finding what makes the most sense for you and your soul and your you know your path and just carving out your own way, and uh, you know you're not alone. And uh, the guests I bring on each week, we talk about these things too. You guys know I don't glamorize or glorify and success, as I say in every episode. And it's because I want to show you like, hey, our guests, like they're experiencing all kinds of really cool things along the way as they're elevating in their own projects or their own ventures, you know, whether it's their first or their 50th. And you guys then can kind of see like, oh, okay, we're all humans on this journey together, right? Um, For those of you that are newer to the podcast, I've been saying this lately, I really appreciate you coming here. Um, The numbers have been going up, you know, a lot actually more each week. So I've got a lot of new listeners. So I just, I I love my old listeners. I love you guys, but I also love on the new ones that are also here and kind of becoming part of our tribe. Um, If you guys want, you know, I'm Matt Gossman on, on Instagram. You can find me at Matt Gottesman. Uh, I answer each and every text, DM, you know, message, whatever you guys want over there. So please reach out. And then, of course, if you want to get into the conversation um, at the intersection of creativity and culture and entrepreneurship over on HDF Magazine is where you can find me on one of the original accounts that I started, you know, seven years ago. And then, of course, you can follow at Hustle Sold separately on Insta as well. Any of those um, profiles, you can reach out to me personally. I will answer. Um, and we've got another another great episode with a returning guest. I love when we have returning guests. Uh, it doesn't happen as often as I'd like it to, but that's okay. Everything in its time. Uh, and I've got James Worthy, Grammy Award singer, uh, excuse me, Grammy Award songwriter, singer, producer, Billboard charting artist. I mean, the man has done so much. Uh, we had a fire conversation in the last episode. Um, so please, you know, go check that out because that then we were talking a lot about um, his background as a whole. Today, we're going to be talking a lot more about the music landscape in 2020. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but I have about a 25% following of independent musicians and artists. Like 20% or 20, it's like 23, 24% or something like that of my following is actually involved in music, which is pretty cool. I think it's because I love music and I have amazing and I'm involved in music and I've got musicians and, and artists that come on. But we're talking about staying creative during changing times. You guys are seeing lots of changes and feeling lots of changes all around. Um, and when we say that we're talking about the music landscape in 2020 and where does it go from here, I also want a lot of the creative following to be thinking about what this means as a creative, not just as a musician, because this could be a musician, a producer, a photographer, a videographer, like creatives as a whole is a very interesting time that we're experiencing right now um, and how we're transitioning during a very um, both external transformative world and an internal one. And then, of course, how we're leaning on digital more than ever, which uh, for many of the people who follow me know I've been saying that for God a long time. 
Anyways, just to remind you, James, as I mentioned, Grammy Award songwriter, producer, Billboard charting artist, um, you know, very much influential musician in the music industry. He's been around some amazing people for a very long time, and he's produced some amazing work for a very long time. Um, he began his upbringing in Queens, New York. What's up on Bronx? Uh, and is the son of and celebrity uh, is the son of a celebrity bodyguard. Um, his love of music began at a very early age, ten. Uh, he was granted actually before then, I think, uh, but by the age of ten, he was granted the opportunity to meet Michael Jackson backstage at Webster Hall in New York City. Um, okay, really, do I got to say any more? But, <laughs> but I mean, it's MJ. Uh, and then uh, one of his fondest uh, memories of that experience was uh, that Michael was speaking with him backstage and telling him that he would one day be influential in entertainment. And this really inspired him to pursue his passion of music. And as he continued to flourish in the industry, he began uh, um, as he'd been signed as a, a songwriter and producer to labels like Universal Music Group and Sony. And then he worked with various artists, including Arrested Development, uh, oof, Men at Large, Silk. Oh God, oh, this is like all my <laughs> Sarah Stokes, uh, Robin S., Truth Hurts, Bobby Brown, P.D. Pablo, Youngberg, Bone Crusher, Fetty Wap, T-Pain, Future, Michael Keith of 112, Whitney Houston, Lil Zane, Justin Bieber. Uh, the list just goes on. Um, and so, you know, he's everybody just say everybody at this point <laughs> and following up to 2017, his, uh, his, they induced endeavor was joining a group, uh, duo called Kings X, X two, uh, Kings time two. And then their debut single, uh, wine for me hit number 10 on the billboard hot singles chart after the group's departure. His most recent project has been blue leisure. That's a, I met him before that. Uh, which is his debut album, including the hit single Blue Sunsets. Um, the song went on to chart number one uh, at uh, number 100 on the DRT Global Radio chart and amassed a million streams. That is not easy, people. I hope you're listening to that. And coming into August of 2018, he released his second solo single, Move, um, which featured uh, Ecstasy of legendary rap group Houdini. Uh, I rocked that for a good year, which also charted at number 100 on the DRT Global Radio. And then as of 2020, he released his sophomore EP, Kaleidoscopes, which was uh, co-executive produced by PM Dawn. Uh, like, this is all stuff close to my heart, man. I'm just saying the project includes featured guests, artists by uh, Ray Lavender, Rough Ends, Dragon, uh, Truth Hurts, uh, Jilsa Lynn. And then James will be touring uh, eventually uh, with some special guests. But, you know, we're, we're kind of holding off on that for a little while until, until things change. But, man, I just want to welcome you back to the show, James. I appreciate having you on, dude. Man, thanks so much, man. Uh, I appreciate the grand intro <laughs> once again. <laughs> right. I mean, no, I just, uh, I, and it's funny, as I think I told you in the last one too, like the artists you work with, just they, you know, a lot of it's just so nostalgic for me um, growing up a lot of it. And then it's cool that, you know, I want to hear, we'll, and we'll get into, you know, the 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 newest album um, that you co-executive produced with PM Dawn. I mean, I grew up on PM Dawn, like, that's yeah. uh so that's uh it was funny not too long ago it was about four months back i was actually rocking a couple of their albums just because it's been years and i think i was watching boomerang you know the, oh, <laughs> the wow. right right here i was watching boomerang it's like one of my favorite movies from back in the day and uh and uh you know when the when pm dong's uh die without you came on i'm like man i gotta revisit those albums oh uh, man it's such a classic man it's right such a classic right so um how are things going what's 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 i mean it seems like a lot of things are new how's the how's how is the new album and everything going with you and your world right now man um kaleidoscopes has been doing amazing since it dropped um which time goes by so fast because i released it in january and uh it, it seems like it was just yesterday that it was released but time has been going by so quickly so um it's been doing great, man. You know, I had this time around, I got a chance to work with a couple artists that I hadn't worked with before, um, you know, in this uh, new realm and space that I'm in, which was amazing and a blessing. 
Um, and also, too, was just showing um, my growth as an artist, uh, showing people that uh, my sound has been transcending and, and growing uh, each month. And, um, you know, just, just giving people just more and more content and more and more new music and showing them that, um, you know, I'm a real artist. Uh, you know, and I, it's, it's interesting to hear, um, well, your own evolution first, when you were more behind the boards and then when you started coming out more in front of them and like watching the transition from first album to second album. But I mean, but you've been in it long, a long time. I mean, you've been around music three decades, yeah. two decades, two and two and a half decades, something like that. Like you, you, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been a minute, man. And you know, so many different transitions and ups and downs and, uh, you know, just experiences that, uh, you know, just anybody in the, in the music business would have to go through, you know, um, just trial and error. That's what I always call it, trial and error, uh, because you have to go through things to learn what you need to do and what you don't need to do. And you can't have success without failures. Yes. And um, I've had both. So um, I'm in a great space now. Um, and it's so interesting because. A lot of people don't realize that I've only been a solo artist for two years. Right. A lot of people think that I've, you know, been in it for so long. And, you know, I, I guess people get that idea because, you know, I've released two bodies of work and I've put out singles and, you know, done so many uh, different collaborations with uh, other well-known artists to where you would probably think that, yeah, he's been, he's been doing this for, for quite some time, but, uh, you know, I'm just very consistent and yes. I'm very, um, I'm just a person who doesn't stop. I'm a person who has a plan and, and I know where I want to take things. So, you know, soon as I released Blue Leisure, it was just, I got to keep going, keep going and going and going from there. You know, what's interesting too, though, because I, I, I feel you because it's like, um, you can be in one, uh, first of all, the industry is so vast. In any industry, there's so many facets that you can tackle. And, and, I, and it relates to me because it's like you can, you can be in one area for so long that when you finally move into another area of it, such in your case, you know, with, with do it being as a solo act, it's funny how people are like, oh, wow, you've only been in this a couple of years. Like, no, like actually it's been a long time. But me as a, you know, operating from this, you know, paradigm of as a solo act expressing myself and my art to the world that's the newer stage you know so it's it's, right. it's interesting how because we're constantly redefining in our own body of work always and some of yeah. it doesn't come out until later and then the world's like oh oh like oh so like this has been a part of you for a long time like yeah like i just chose this avenue now because it just felt right and ready um how, yeah. And you're doing it in a really interesting time, which is what we were going to talk about, right? It's like, I mean, the music landscape right now is, uh, it was already changing, but it was still, you know, because of the digital era here of the last, you know, 10, 15 years, but it was still, you know, I think only understood to certain levels and certain capacities. And now where um, a lot of artists are not able to tour have been thinking a lot about how am I going to, you know, um, be creative and artistic and continue to grow within my body of works during this kind of time period. What, what do you like? I'd love to hear your take on like the music landscape right now and what you think is going on and, and where do you see it going? 
Man, it's it's definitely interesting because, um, you know, when I was in the group, uh, uh, Kings X2, we put out that one single. And, you know, even before then, there was there was a small demand of people who wanted to hear me on records. Um, Cause you know, before I, I would sing background for other artists and, you know, do stuff here and there just for, for people who would ask, uh, you know, for my vocals. But as I got more to the artistry side of things, I, cause to be honest with you, the artistry side was always in the plan for me. I'm just a firm believer in timing. And if I would have came out as an artist years ago, it wouldn't have been the right time for me because um, I didn't have enough behind me yet. I didn't have enough leverage. I didn't have enough uh, catalog to me um, to sustain that. And, you know, you have to build relationships and you have to build your foundation, um, you know, whether it's social media or, you know, just business relationships. I had to build that. So, um once the group broke up, I felt like I had a little bit more leverage. And that's when I went into my solo career. And I'm all, I'm always a person of studying other people and studying the business model of the industry, which always changes. But, you know, there's always a structure behind everything. And I've never been one to follow anyone else's structure either. So I'm like, well, let me figure out what's going on now and implement that into my own brand. And let me figure out what my strategy, my image would be, my presentation would be, and what my um, content lyrically would be. And what would, you know, kind of um, bring the audience in and, and reel them in. So that's what birthed Blue Leisure because Blue Leisure was more so a body of work, um, you know, seven song project to where I let people into my world, so to speak, of what I'm going through in life, whether it's personal, business, um, and implement that sonically as well, because I call that project more dark R&B. Mm. So it kind of, each song had its own identity, uh, lyrically and sonically, to where Sometimes that's not always the easiest thing to create because you really have to be in that space, in that mode. I mean, it, it took me a year to make that project. And that's the reason why it sounds the way it does, because I really took time, took a lot of effort into making that project. And that was like the, the foundation of James Worthy as the artist. So that's what birthed Kaleidoscopes as well, because I took that same formula and just enhanced it. And, you know, that brings into the topic of where things are now, because I and I'm a firm believer of bodies of work. Like I, I'm not one of those artists to, you know, focus on singles all the time. And I, I have to have the hottest single or the biggest single with the hottest artist, blah, blah, blah. Like I work with people who I gel with and, and who I'm a fan of and who I'm friends with. And we create something great. And I think now there's two sides of it. It's like you have artists who are signed to labels and they're manufacturing records. So yeah. let's put this person with that person and it'll pop over here with this demographic because they got all the young kids and then they got this age range and we'll sell records that way. 
But then you got the other side of artists to where, well, let me work with an artist that has a similar interest. Yes. And we we have um, similar backgrounds and the style of music that we do. And we it'll come out greater. Or we need to be in the studio together and let's create it that way versus sending files back and forth. So, you know, it's, it's so many different ways and takes on it. And for me, I'm not always a fan of selling, uh, sending files back and forth. Like I like to be in the studio with the artists and let's create. But if we have to send back and forth, I'm really, really, really big on uh, communication. So I need to communicate with the artists. Let's let's have dialogue frequently. Let's figure the plan out. Let's figure out how this needs to sound. You know, like I, I, I just think that's very important. And I think that lacks sometimes in today's uh, realm because people just want things so fast yes. and and they they forget about the quality and the authenticity of what's really the goal here. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And exactly. And, you know. And I get it because there's the there's the stream counts, then there's the fake stream counts and there's numbers this and we're going to put them over here with that. And it's like, all right. But if you just really do from an authentic place and are strategic about, no, I want to I want to create with this person because of the synergies and the energies and then also the the audiences that we each have. We're doing them a favor because we're we're not we're doing them a favor. We're we're bringing our value. Our, we're expressing ourselves to our audience. We're giving them, you know, the value that they've come to know us. Like I care about them. Like, you know, I think that if they get caught up in the numbers, which it's funny because the numbers don't always serve uh, these artists very very well. It's more about like I mean I, I use Russ often as a like he I mean yesterday he put up his number. He showed people. He's like look at the numbers starting 2014. Like watch what happened on TuneCore from just owning my own you know relationship with between me and the artists. And he was like this is what it looks like. Nobody else did it for me, but like here's what I did and here's how I collaborated with people and you know I I just think that it's um it's a long game mentality that always wins and digital. Yeah is just a, an expansive tool to make that happen more strategically, hopefully not at the, the cost of your art, which, but we're seeing a lot of artists right now kind of, you know, there's a lot of people outspoken too about their deals that they don't want to be in, you know, or their, or, or their situations they don't want to be in, you know? Um, yeah. It's a lot of that, you know? So, so with, like in this, uh, so during, I mean, COVID's happening, so getting in the studio is not always the easiest thing. Um, but like, how's your creativity been during all of this? To be honest with you, it's been quite good for me personally, because um, I have my own personal studio. So, you know, I'm always creating and, um, you know, trying to figure out what, what would be the next move, uh, you know, creatively and musically. And uh, it gives me time to think and you know, go back to the drawing board if, if needed. But it's been pretty good for me, um, to say the least. Uh, I haven't been in the studio, um, you know, in person with a lot of other artists, of course, due to COVID, but creativity hasn't really left, which right. is the great part. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> you said it the way I sometimes say it to people when they're like, how are things? I'm like is it okay to say good? <laughs> you know, like I just, just, I mean, 
uh, look, when you've been doing the work for so long, when I mean the work, I mean the emotional, you know, intelligence work, the self, you know, self-awareness work, the spiritual work, the creativity work, the, the, you know, the business work, like, and in a very close proximity, I work from home as well too. So it's like, you know, you're, you, when the world is, um, you know, when, when COVID hit, it kind of quieted things for a little bit. So the, uh, for a yeah. little bit, sort of, depending on if you manage the news or not, which I don't read it, <laughs> but like, but I mean, I did notice a sense of creativity surge um, because of, you know, the world kind of taking this break. And then of course, everybody was, you know, kind of dealing with it in their own magnitude. You saw a lot of creativity and you saw some people who didn't want to be creative and you saw some people like, yeah, I'm going to do some other things. But, um, but I, but I feel, I think that um, this time allowed for a lot of, um, you know, creativity to also happen. And, and, and I think when there's a quieting down, you become very present and then you can really create really great stuff. I mean, were you seeing a lot of like your, your other friends and contemporaries, like making some pretty cool stuff like that? It came out this for the same way as them too, during this time. Yeah. I've, I've been seeing um, a couple of my peers put out some, some great uh, bodies of work and different projects and, you know, just trying to stay uh, relevant and consistent and, creative as they possibly can um which is great but um you know even even for me like i know a lot of people are so caught up in um trying to put out as much content as possible or as much as they can which is which is good but i'm always a firm believer in all content isn't the best content yes. either yes so it has to make sense in what you're doing currently and what makes sense to your audience. So, you know, if you're posting, you know, a bunch of videos just to have content that has nothing to do with you or what's going on, then it doesn't make sense. And, you know, presentation is the key. That's to me, that's the key because it has to resonate with, who's watching and who's listening. And if it's just a bunch of random stuff, it, it looks crazy. It does, you know, but it, it, it's funny because there's a disconnect, like a huge, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It, it, but you're right. Like all content doesn't mean good content, you know? And I, and I, I like when Gary V talks about like all content, I'm like, yeah, but your content's good. So there's a different, <laughs> I was like, you know, but, but he, you know, but yeah, I just, I'm a firm believer that like, it should be very intentional for the audience. And I, I think that, I'd love to get your take on this. I mean, you know, being that a lot of artists cannot tour right now, touring is not resumed. Um, I think it's it's forced artists to have to get very much involved in their content at all new levels and 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 understanding with their audiences. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to get your take on all that. I mean, because like we're you know, it's like I I forget which artist they were. Some there was this one artist I can't remember who it was, and it's probably better that I don't even say a name. But like you know, they were talking about how you know when tours shut down and you know they were um, some one of the fans was like, well, weren't you making like a million a month? You know, um, where did the because the, the artist was, was 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 saying that there was some struggles with it and whatnot. And he's like, well, weren't you making a million a month? And, the, and then I was watching this live go down or the 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 replay, whatever it was, and I'm thinking. Well, yeah, but they're also living off of $950,000 a month <laughs> to maintain the lifestyle and the content that was constantly coming out to produce the, you know, the end result. And I was like, it doesn't actually have to be like that, um, that, you know, we can actually 
we can we can actually drill it down and have like a very like just real conversation and like real content with with the audience and the audience just digs that too you know so i think that there's yes, been a lot absolutely. of shifts yeah yeah i mean you know it, touring the the going on the road and touring has definitely affected a lot of artists um because you know a lot of times the the road is is the artist's money yeah you know a lot of times artists just don't make money off of uh sales or yes. records right now right so merchandise and touring is your bread and butter and you know that has been taken away right now and and artists are struggling and, and they're trying to figure out what's the next stream of income so that forces uh musicians to get more creative uh which goes into the content uh topic and figuring out okay where's my next dollar coming from right you know and you know i've uh fell victim of that too you know i had to go to the back to the drawing board and and figure out okay what's my next move here where's the next revenue stream coming from how can i monetize um you know these releases uh without being on the road or or touching the fans uh personally uh while being on the road um you know it's it's a lot to think about and adjust but hey what what can we do it it all you know the greatest innovation always comes out of uh chaos and crises and depressions and and all of that stuff i mean we've seen that historically throughout the last several hundred years um yeah. so you know so you know and it's interesting that in this is what you and i were kind of starting to talk about before we got on is that like the, the the cool thing about digital is that like okay so for any artists out there listening right now go open up a patreon account p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com that you can actually, you know, minus a couple of fees, but basically can create a community around your content, whether it's your photography, videography, your music, your anything, right? I mean, and you can actually charge different levels for access to like you or, you know, hey, get credits on this album or hey, um, you know, if you pay $25 a month, you get credits on the album. Hey, if you do this, $100 a month, um, you know, I'll, I'll do lives within a cool group with you guys. Like, you can actually have more of a relationship. And I think sometimes people have a hard time monetizing because they're afraid, like, will people really pay for this? Your fans will, they find value in you and they will pay um, to have that value continuously, you know? Um, and that's what the digital world has really provided in so many ways. Or, you know, as you, obviously as you see like, you know, YouTubers that after a certain amount of, uh, you know, subscribers and views, you you know, where you can monetize off of that. And there's just, there's so many different ways digitally now. Um, but it is, it is a different way of, of, of thinking because it's now taking that same creativity and channeling and say, oh, I guess I got to make an e-com store. And, you know, oh, I want to make merchandise. I can actually go to, um, you know, printful, theprintful.com, take the exact uh, type of teaser I want, overlay graphics that I want to put on there, loop that right into my Shopify store and now go right through my audience on Instagram and say, Hey, I was like, I launched this. I only did one piece to start. I, and, and the cool thing is delivering the, the content authentically. Hey guys, like, listen, I'm doing one or two pieces to start. I just wanted to say like, I got my e-com store. That's how I'm going to do my merchandise from now on. You now control the supply chain other than the fact that the printful is the one who's fulfilling the order and also handling returns. Exactly. So it's like there's so many and I bring these up because in case of the, any of the musicians that are listening to us, there are a lot of different ways digitally to, uh, you know, 
to make these shifts and and own more of that creative control or you know create these e-com stores or you know new ways to interact with fans um you know like through patreon and whatnot so it's it, it's also a really exciting time because i feel like artists get to now take back even more that that control um you know uh from a business standpoint of managing their their creativity yeah i 100 percent agree with that you know um and, and now it's time you know it's it's time for artists to take back their power and their ownership you know what i mean it shouldn't be in the hands of anyone else you know what i mean i think this time has really been showing that too you know we have more power than what people think yeah i mean have, have you see i mean you've been in you've been in the industry a long time though too so um have you always more or less i should say not always but like more or less always been able to kind of manage the the industry to work in your favor because you know it's been a, it's been changing a lot over the last twenty years for sure. Since two thousand, it's been in drastic change. Since Napster, basically, I mean, have yeah, you, but have definitely. you have you you know what 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 have you what or and if you made mistakes, like what did you learn from them? Like what 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 were the, some of those mistakes? If you feel like sharing, of course, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, I've I've made tons of mistakes to where you know trusting the wrong people and getting into bad contracts and uh, just trying to. A lot, I mean, a lot of it just came into trusting bad people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, that comes with experiences, that comes with trial and error. And it comes with um, you learning from what's going on around you and uh, figuring out what works for you. And, you know, I had to go through that to get to my successes. And, you know, with the industry changing, um, it it never really i wouldn't say it, it didn't affect me because in certain ways it did but it also worked in my favor in certain ways because i've never been a follower mm -hmm. so i've never been one to okay the label wants this style of record for this artist just because they're popular or they have a huge fan base and we can get a number one record this way blah 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 yeah that's all cool but what does that mean for me? Right. Does that gain longevity for me? Does that gain notoriety for me? Does that bring money in my pocket? Like what's, what's the, the gain and end goal for me? And I've always had that in my mind very, very young. And, you know, once I figured out, okay, well, I'm going to work with the people that I want to work with. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to, uh, craft and shift my career how I want it to be. And once I started doing that, um, I saw a lot of su success from that, you know, and, and it didn't come from anybody uh, telling me what to do or how I should do things. It really just came from me. Mm. And, you know, I, I took a different approach because really how it happened was I didn't want to go to the hottest artist. I always went to the underdogs. Yes. So I always went to the artists that maybe had success and then maybe took a downfall. And I'm like, let me pick them back up mm -hmm. and then sprinkle in some of the uh, newer acts in or the relevant acts in. And then let me go to different genres and let me write and produce records for those people so I can show 
variety and range and just show a different side of, okay, it's not just about what's popular. It's about what can withstand. Yes. You know, um, I agree with that 100%. And it's uh, a lot of time. Well, first of all, the, the, the remark you made earlier about uh, the industry, we're like, oh, you know, we want you to sound like this person. I always found that so short-sighted. Like, wow, like, are you even paying attention to the audience? Like, exactly. Like, are you even, you know, and, and to them, they're like, yeah, of course we're paying attention. This is what they want. And like, no, this is what they want from that person. Not, you know, <laughs> like, not that they want us all to sound like that person. They just, they dig that person who started it. And, you know, yeah, I get it. It's working for everybody else as well, too. But that's not me. Uh, so I like that you, you kind of took that stand. Not kind of, you did take that stand because... Um, that's where I feel like they don't understand the audience the way the artists understand the audience. And nobody will ever refute that to me from the industry or any industry. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, the, the industry and, you know, whether it's independent labels, uh, major record labels, the end goal is to make money. And they're going to try to make the money however they can make it. So the integrity of the craft or the audience or analytics that the artist knows, all that data goes out the window. They just want to make the money. So if they feel that, okay, well, this formula worked for this artist, let's use it for the next artist. Right. They're going to use that because they think that it's going to be the quick money. But then it always backfires because <laughs> what worked for another artist nine times out of ten isn't going to work for the other artist. Yes. Or if it does, it's going to be very short. Yep. Because everybody's demographic and audience isn't the same. And that that whole quick return, you know, it's funny, it reminds me a lot of like VCs and you're like, oh, we're gonna spend this money and then we're gonna make it back right away. And it's like, you know that everything good takes time. Everything good right. takes time. And it has better payouts if you can withstand time, if you have a sustainable, long lasting brand. But I get it. I mean, the industry, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with being in it to with with wanting to make money. I think every I think money's a, an amazing energy. We should all have plenty of it. But when done the right way for the right reasons with integrity and for a long term sustainability, it's much better than, you know, these the, which you said backfires completely in there. You know, it, it doesn't it, it, a short game can actually cost them a lot more longevity in any in the entire game at large, you know. Yes, it's going to cost them a lot more money, a lot more time, a lot more effort and resources because you're going to find yourself not getting the return that you were hoping. Yeah. Because you didn't put in the time and effort to really understand, you know, these algorithms and these audiences from these different artists. Exactly. You know, one one game plan can't work for every artist. Right. And that's and that's the funny part that they miss with social and with um, and with algorithms and tech. It's like it's a tool. It's you know, and when you look at the analytics and you actually look at the audiences and really try to understand them and the relationships that the artists are having with with the the audience, then you can operate from a, a you know a place like oh I see like for example I think it'd be interesting if if a if the industry basically said, hey, James, we were looking at all your, your stats here. Really interesting. Did you know that like these three songs right here, for some reason, that you did, 
for some reason they man they just they did this certain way with the audience that was really interesting like um you know any any insight as to why you think oh yeah you know i was doing this this and this with those uh with those songs oh and i happen to feature you know this uh artist that some people remembered you know previously and they're not as big but they but they anymore but they're doing this it's like that kind of insight can can spark a whole other level of creativity and expand on your body of work then yeah. sound like this guy over here like that's your game plan that's your strategy sound like this guy go give me auto tune and make me sound like this guy <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> So I, I, I've never, I've never understood that level of thinking in any, in any industry, but I've never understood the level of thinking. And I'm like, wow, how could you be so short-sighted? And they think it's like, oh, well, you're just not about the money. It's like, no, it's not that. It's like, I'm about the people I do it for. And that will produce a really great outcome, you know? Exactly. So, so yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> you know, I, I get, I just get very passionate about it because I just, I don't understand the short, the short-sightedness and, and, you know, a lot of people say, well, the short-sightedness is because they want money and they want it now. And I'm like, what have we seen consistently throughout time is when you want it fast, it falls fast or it gets lost fast. And, or you get scrambling around to keep making the fast track happen. And it, it, it usually, it just doesn't have any long-term sustainability. So, um, you know, I also liked that part that you said about, it's not always going to the big, big artists, um, but also finding other artists that you, you know, either, um, you know, they're either not that they're lesser known, but maybe they're, they've taken a step back a little bit or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I think that's the beautiful part about, um, I don't care if an artist doesn't have a couple million followers. Like if they got 50,000 diehard fans or 10,000, like there's something cool about that. Like, I just, I think that now the internet has actually shown how much more talent there really is out there. And the people yeah. who are following that talent, that's like, I almost look at it as the industry. You should know about this person. How do you not know? Yeah, I'm I'm exactly. close to the ground. You're not. You just want everybody to sound like everybody else. I'm the one close to the ground. I'm the one close with my ear on the streets, like hearing, like, have you even heard of this person yet? No. You need to you need to catch up. <laughs> so I think your strategy is is perfectly spot on. Do you do you find a lot of like new talent that's really undiscovered, and you're like, I want to work with that person? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely ran across a couple different artists who are very talented and, you know, very authentic and understand what they do, which I'm always a fan of. Um, so I've definitely ran across some and been working with a few here and there, um, you know, just trying to figure out what the direction would be and, you know, yeah. what we can create, which is always right. a good thing. Um, but there's tons of great talent out there, you know, uh, a lot of them just just need a platform to showcase on. Do you do do a lot of artists, or maybe not a lot, but I mean, do do people reach out and also ask about like navigating the industry? Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of uh, I do a lot of consulting with uh, you know, not even just artists, just uh, you know, songwriters, musicians, just people who want to break into the business or want to figure out. Uh, next moves or you know what they need to be doing to enhance their brand or you know whatever the case may be uh you know i've always tried to lend information and uh any type of help that i can because i think that's important you know information is the the biggest key in this business you have to know it and if you don't know it um you know it's just going to be very hard it's also the number one monetized thing online did you know yeah that? yeah information like so yeah. 
you know, and, and the music industry with so many artists or, or, you know, musicians or producers or songwriters, uh, you know, uh, I group them all together as artists. I mean, um, I've seen a couple people do, I mean, you know, Illmind came on the podcast and he was, you know, talking, he's got, uh, his monthly where it's like, a you know, like your tribe, basically your, your group of people that are, you know, they pay to be a part of the, they're learning constant education from um, production and sometimes on, on, you know, how to manage from a business standpoint. And I think that that's so key. I'd actually like to see more, um, artists such as yourself and producers with, with full extensive backgrounds really create these, you know, online like master class type of scenarios um, for managing their path in the music industry, especially as it continues to emerge in, in a new dynamic with digital, but um, but mostly so they're protected um, from, you know, the the crap <laughs> from, from all the, you know, yes. all the yeah. all the all the potential obstacles and liabilities and things that they just may not think about and they need trusted resources. So, uh, so anybody else listening, by the way, that's yet another, again, another way to monetize in this digital play. But, but, I, but I think it needs to come from people like you that are, you've got long, yeah. long history in the industry. You've got so many credentials you've got, you know, and, and you just, you've, it's the experience that really means the most. And, and I, I, I want to see more of the experienced folk have these kind of online, you know, kind of, I don't want to call it class, but like, you know, these kind of scenarios uh, or workshops or ongoing workshops or ongoing communities monthly where they're really educating people within their industry. I think fashion needs it for sure. I think music yeah. definitely needs it. Um, you know, uh, digital is a little oversaturated. I have to deal with those people. That's another conversation for another time. <laughs> so, you know, but, um, but every, every market, every industry needs it, especially from the experienced ones like you. But I mean, I can only imagine how many, you know, people reaching out and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, or do I even need that in writing? Like, why would I need that in writing? Or even maybe as, as you know, artists approach you, I'm sure you're probably like, okay, well, here's how that would actually have to work. And they they probably even surprised, like, why would I even need to, you know, be thinking that? And I'm sure that that leads into a, a strong mentorship on your part of like, well, because here's why and here's what can happen if you don't, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I get that all the time. And I always try to give like scenarios to artists too of, what can and can't happen just so they understand, you know, uh, different things that other people went through so they don't have to, or mm -hmm. even if you do, cause you're going to have to go through something, but at least you have a firm grasp of what to expect yes. in the business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause you like the old saying goes, you got to crawl before you walk. So it's the same concept. You know, you got to go through trial and error to get somewhere, but, you know, I try to give those scenarios because, you know, there's a lot of people who say they can do this and do that and, and sell false dreams and whatever it is. And a lot of times people fall for that because they're not informed. Mm. So at least if you know a scenario or some type of information, you know, they can't pull that wool over your eyes, you know? Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's just more of a preparation thing. Like I just try to get people prepared and, you know, just this, what could happen. And it seems like in this, this day and age now that, so between, you know, COVID between tour dates being canceled, between more people figuring out online, it's probably also causing a lot more connectivity. Oh, well, hopefully <laughs> well, connectivity to the right. <laughs> it could also cause a lot more distractions too, but, but I mean, uh, but it seems like, um this era that we're moving into now like more that even more of like what 
you know, what you've been helping people out with, like it, even more connection and even more help, you know, in general uh, for navigating these waters, huh? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, and again, you know, it's, it just goes back into information because, you know, a, a lot of people don't even realize a lot of this information is available. Yes. It's available online. It's, it's easy to find it, easy to read. You just got to seek it. You got to seek it out. That's- and, you know, it's, it's, it's two sides. It's, you got the, the lazy people who yes. don't want to seek it and read. And then you have those who probably want to, but don't know how to. Yeah. And, and you know, I just try to I, I try to work with both sides. You know, I'm like, you got to get out of laziness and you got to seek information. You got to want this. But then you got the people who do want it. But then you got to become savvy enough to figure out how the Internet works. And if you have a question, hey, type it in Google. Yeah. See what pops up. I'm always I'm always amazed when people are like, how'd you figure that out? And like, and they think it's because of my 20 years of, te- of digital. And I'm like, I Googled it <laughs> and I'm so transparent Google about it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just Googled it. I found a YouTube video. I followed the instructions that somebody put up on a YouTube video so I could like figure out how to clear out this out of the, the software. And they're like, oh, man, you're a lifesaver. I'm like, OK, you could do the same thing. You know, it's like, I, I you, you're right. I, I I get both people. You get the people who like um you know, a little bit lazier and it's a mindset thing. So they're in their own way. And I'll give them enough. I, I want to give them enough, enough to think about on their own terms. So that way they have to get out of their own way. But the other group that they're not lazy, they just want to be guided. They're powerful because they show up and they're just like, I want to do the work. I just point the direct. Can you just point the direction? Now, I get it too. Like people like you and I, it sounds like we're, <laughs> we're just very resourceful. I was like, listen, if I don't know it, I'm going to ask. And I think that's the, the number one thing I tell people more than anything is I'm like, you just have to get very comfortable asking. You may not want to ask because you're worried about what somebody thinks that you don't know it, that you don't, you don't know it and be very comfortable. I, I was even telling somebody that I said that, um, they said, what do you do in like in a, in a business deal? Uh, when you don't know something, I was like, I literally will actually put up my hand like I'm in the effing third grade. I'm like, excuse me, I, I don't understand what you did in this contract. Like, I don't understand these terms at all. And, and somebody asked me, like, are you serious? And I said, absolutely. Not, not the person that said this to I mean, a person that asked me that question. I said, absolutely. I'm like, don't be afraid to ask people what the contract is. And I said, first of all, the more complicated it is the more that it is not working, it may not be working in your favor. I want them to explain it to me like a fourth grader. If they can't, then there's something going on in those terms. I'm like, don't be afraid to ask people like, hey, I need you to break this down because I'm confused, you know, yeah. getting yeah. out of your own way. And I think that um, in any industry, especially, in, in, you know, with these artists, if they, as they come to you, I'm sure it's like if they can, you know, say, hey, I don't know what to do. You know, um, what do you recommend? Uh, and since you already are coming from a, a trusting place, it's like, you know, hopefully what very well received and they, they do it, you know, do you, have you, have you watched kind of the evolution of certain people that, you know, starting from when the, that's the moment that they came to you to the moment later on where you're like, Oh wow. Like, you know, you really take it and run with the, with this a bit. Yeah. I've, I've seen some artists who've, uh, you know, taken the advice or the information and used it to their advantage. Um, but then, you know, you still have those who are very stubborn a and, lot of you those. know, uh, <laughs> very still lazy and you know they just don't put in the work yeah and i mean 
just the the reality of it is if you don't put in the work you're not going to get any results period and you know i've i've ran into that quite a bit as well so you know you can't make people do things you can only encourage them you can only give them uh as much info and resources as possible but it it it's really up to them it's true I, i had to learn those discerning boundaries over time because like you want so bad for them what you did for you, but you know that it's their responsibility. You want to give them as much information as possible, but there it gets to a while where it's like, listen, the, there's too much taking of the energy that I, I, I can't give you much more than you just got to get out of your own way. I'm here spiritually. <laughs> I'm here, you know, in the space of your world. But, you know, at the, for the most part, you got to just move. And uh, But you're right. I mean, I think that's a lot of people. Where do you um like where do you where do you see music going from here like forward? I mean, from everything that we're experiencing right now, and um, you know, going into the new year next year, like, what do you what do you think? What what are you hopeful for with the industry? Uh, I'm hopeful that artists can uh, at least do some type of traveling again. Um. And just, I I really want to see the industry shift in a way to where artists can have more ownership and leverage. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing is artists who, who can just leverage what they create, you know, and it shouldn't be pigeonholed or um, stripped from someone who's never made a record a day in their life. Hmm. Well you know what I mean? I, I think that's um, I think that's the most important thing, man, because there are so many talented artists and musicians that created some of the most amazing music in the world, but they would never own it or they would never have um, just peace of mind to say that this belongs to me. It, it's always under someone else. And um, I just don't think that's fair at all i don't think it's fair at all i completely agree with you i i'm i would i'm hopeful that or i'd like to be a part of it in bringing back which is really what my first startup was 18 years ago which was bringing back the um the ownership um to the creatives you know which that um it's like listen um they need to be you know educated on how to manage their creativity and they need to be uh, they need to own it because it's their work. And um, and the people who take a percentage of that take smaller percentages because they're helping, you know, the through the platform of, of assisting them in that process. But at the end of the day, it's sort of like, you know, I don't really fully know how United Masters works, but like, you know, like having a platform where, you know, the artist can manage their, you know, their work and then the distribution is built in. Um but and the opportunities are built in but i'd like to see that i would like to see artists have more control over their work and their ownership and their masters i mean all these things that you know um versus and but you know i heard there was somebody who was talking about it that they can see how you know sometimes the bad deals go wrong when you know given it's it's no different than like a a sport like when you know, someone's recruited out of college and, you know, money was a thing, money was a need at that point. And so they, you know, the selling to get the million dollar advance or whatever it might be before realizing how the taxes work. Um, but all those things that, 
um, I can see how it can entice people, but I would, I would want to see a way where we can encourage them to like, hang on just for a little bit longer so that they can have a, a much sweeter and brighter and, you know, future, you know, of ownership. That's yeah. my, that's my hope. <laughs> that's my hope at least, you know, mine's too, mine's too, you know, uh, and again, you know, even the, the artists that, um, who aren't familiar with publishing, um, you know, if, you know, anybody who's listening out there, if you don't know about publishing, publishing is basically your ownership. Uh, that is your uh, recurring money, if, you know, if I can say. Um, it's uh, it's just more so a, a revenue stream to pass down mm. for generations. You know what I mean? Whenever your music is being licensed or distributed or used for whatever project, you get paid for that. And if you don't have any ownership uh, within your publishing, you get none of it. What, like, what would you, if for artists that don't understand that part, what are the first like couple of things you tell them? Like, Hey, go check out these sites or go check out these resources. You know, here's some really great things, you you know, how you can think about publishing because I, because I, I have noticed that a few, a couple of the, uh, the music communities and blogs that I've, I've, they, they talk about like, here are all the different levels that are going on like within publishing and your masters and like, you know, where the splits come out and all that other stuff. It's actually, it is kind of a confusing industry. If you, <laughs> if it, you it, it is confusing. It is. It yeah. is. Um, well, just to kind of sum it up. Um, so you have publishing and you have royalties, right? So with royalties, that is your, what they call performance royalties. So let's just say if your music is, uh, being played on FM radio or satellite radio, any uh, uh, station or whatever that's, um, you know, BDS certified uh, or tracked, um, you get paid performance royalties for that. So that goes through your PRO, which is BMI, ASCAP, or CSAC, mm -hmm. uh, once your music is registered. Uh, you also have mechanical royalties. So that is more so on the actual single or album sales um, that is generated. So that's more on the mechanical side of things. And then um, you have platforms like SoundExchange to where uh, those, well, that platform collects your money um, the same as the BMI, CSAC, or ASCAP would. Uh, to where they're more so focused on online and satellite and uh, merchandising. Hmm. So those platforms rally up your royalty money. Now, when it comes to the publishing side, for example, if you have a song that you put out, it's selling well, it's streaming well, it's uh, on radio doing well, a publishing company is going to reach out to you and say, hey, we're from such and such we want to give you a publishing deal within our company. We'll give you $500,000 as an advance to sign with our company for your catalog. That's how they would introduce it as buying your catalog. So your catalog means all of the music that has been released publicly, um, whether they've, you know, it, it depends on what they've, what your catalog has done. So if you have a couple singles that done well, or if you have an album that does well, whatever, that's what they base the catalog off of. So they'll assess it and then they'll, they'll give you the ballpark figure of what they would offer you. So in, in this case, if they give you 500,000, 
that's what you would have to recoup back to mm. them. So their job is to make sure that your music is being licensed. It's being, um, you know, whether it's sync license in a movie, a film, commercial, whatever, getting you in the studio with other artists or submitting it for different things to get the return back. That's the whole idea of it. But they're going to take a huge chunk of your ownership because you're given this opportunity to sign with this company for these opportunities. A lot of times it doesn't work that way because, you know, from past experience uh, for me, I've always had bad publishing deals because they just never do what they say they're going to do. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, the average person would take the $500,000 and not knowing that in the industry, one song really means two songs. So if you're signing for a two song deal, you're obligated to place four songs. And a lot of times a single isn't guaranteed or being placed on an album isn't guaranteed. So now you're stuck. And then now you have a $500,000 bill to pay. And how are you going to recoup that without placing anything? So that's where artists and musicians get into these situations. So just to sum it up, publishing is how much you own of your masters. So your master is your full finished end product that's been released. So if they're saying, hey, We'll give you this money, but we own 60% of your publishing. That's horrible. So if you do self-publishing, I mean, can you do self-publishing? Is that? Yes. Now you can create your own publishing company uh, through ASCAP or BMI. Or, you know, there's a couple other companies that offer that as well. You could do that and be a self-publisher, which is, you know, just uh, what people would say, I signed myself, Mm -hmm. right? That's in the grand scheme of things, that's what it is. So you can self-publish, you can own all of your masters yourself. You know, you can do everything independently, uh, you know, for more leverage. But again, independent means everything is coming out of your pocket. Right. And you're using your own resources and your own leverage, which a lot of times is going to take a lot longer to reach the goal that you want. But then, you know, on the other side, artists sign with major record labels because they have the machine but if you're going to use that machine you're going to give up more ownership i don't know man i'm i'm all for the longer game (laughs) but i get it i get it everybody everybody's in a different situation i and i can see how it's tempting it's tempting when you're like i gotta eat i got family gotta eat like i i get it i definitely get it i just you know, I mean, you see these artists like Russ or Jay, or really Jay Z. You know, and how he got his whatever masters he didn't have back, which he really had his masters really through Rockefeller. But like, just but again, like I get it. And Master P is like they they were all doing it very much from owning their own. You know, they basically would just do distribution deals um, later on, but they own their all their their entire catalog and 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 masters. And I just. Uh, you know, I mean, I think that that's important. I just, I think it's really, really important. And, and if you really believe in what you're doing, you know, I think that's my, my take is if you really, if you really believe in what you're doing, I think you should keep them, you know, I think you should. And then, and then, the yeah, best, you yeah, know, yeah, absolutely. 
Man. I, I, I totally agree with that. The only thing I would say is, you know, let's just say if an artist um, has an album or a single that, that they're uh, fully pushing and you come across an independent label uh, that has uh, a joint venture or a distribution deal with a major record label, that would work much better because you're not directly signed to that major there label. You go. So everything is going through the independent label. So you still have the independent leverage uh, as far as your ownership goes. Um, and then you still have access to the machine because, you know, your your um, your music is still going through that uh, major record label. So that would be an ideal situation. But everything just depends on the deal. Right. You know what I mean? Things can always be changed or however it's worked. But um, partnerships is the biggest thing. You know, you want to you want to work and sign with a company that has great partnerships with the machine, because if you don't, then you're going right back into the to the hole of not owning much. Right. You know what I mean? So. You know, if a label, if an independent label has a, a joint venture with Atlantic Records, then depending on the deal, it would be a good situation because now you have more leverage to use their resources versus all of everything on your own. And then right. you're just trying to fish, okay, well, let me outsource this and outsource that. And hopefully this will get me what I need. You know what I mean? That's always... um it, you know, it, it's always a hit or miss, you know, so it, it really just depends on the best situation that comes to you, you know, but you got to be smart about it. Man, you got a PhD in this stuff. <laughs> that, that's for sure. Like it's I mean, I know you, you've got to after this this long, you know, this long of a, a career. But um, it's interesting. You're absolutely right, because, you know, they always say, like, you want to go a distance, you know, go alone. You want to go far, go, you know, go together like you have to you do need resources um and you do have to delegate you know certain aspects of what you're trying to accomplish to create the greater vision you're absolutely you're absolutely right so i throwing that audible there at the last second i like that like that that's true like and I, i'm a fan of joint venture partnerships when they're all serving um each other where the win-win-win is all the way around you know and they're all kind of ser serving each other it, its own interests um but yet collaboratively uh, and for their greater vision as well that that serves each of their greater visions right so i mean that's a that's actually key what you just said you gotta man you gotta have like a whole this is this needs to be a whole the division of your you know your empire there <laughs> it's, a, it's like <laughs> yeah you know, music yeah, school I, I'm, I'm working on it man um you know i know we we kind of uh um touched on you know doing some type of um you know seminar or or some type of workshop for um, you know, independent musicians and, you know, producers, songwriter, what have you. That's something that I'm working on, uh, you know, moving forward because um, I understand it. You know, I, I come from both sides. Yeah. So I understand the struggles and, and what what you would have to endure. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not a it's not an easy road, man. I mean, just even on the production and writing side, it's not an easy road. You know, there's going to be a lot of people trying to take advantage and, you know, stipe you for credits and money and all kind of stuff, man. You just you just got to know what's going on. I mean, there's so many layers 
to the music industry. I mean, and then there's like layers on top of the layers on top of the layers, you know, let alone, you know, most people, you know, usually hear like, oh, well, you've got the, you know, the, you pay for the costs here and you pay for the lawyers here and you pay for the managers here. It's like, yeah, but you also pay for cuts out of the publishing, pay for the cuts out of the, you know, distribution, pay for the cuts out. I mean, there is so many hands in so many different buckets yeah, you got to teach this, man. <laughs> that's that's my opinion. I mean, I'm just yeah. I'm just a big advocate for education in in any education directly from people who are in it, who are highly experienced and trained, and who can help others navigate the waters. This is the this is this is the other side of the digital world that I've I've been, you know, I've been in for years now. But now now it's been it was interesting with COVID and like you know and Zoom and all this stuff happening with everybody else that. Zoom was now new to them. They're just like, oh, wait a minute, you know, wait a minute, education online, like platforms and teaching. I'm like, yes, yes, now you get it. Like, we yeah. we have more power at our hands to educate the masses, um, to empower themselves to manage whatever it is that they want to create. So, and music is a huge one, and it needs more of you guys. I'm telling you. So, I'm, I'm. Anytime you want to geek out on that stuff offline, we'll we'll talk about it offline. But I, I definitely think that that's. I'd like. I, it's warranted. I know it's wanted. Um, you know, I, I've even been watching uh, what some of these guys are doing with their their um, where they would go. Well, before COVID, but like on tour to cities just to give musicians and some. Like, well, the ones that I know, they were producers, so they would give producers. Uh, they go on tour in, in cities to give producers, you know, in that city advice and listen to their music and do all that stuff. And it was, you know, and, and you know, they, the producers pay to be there and stuff like that. And but it's just it was cool to watch. You know, I did a, a podcast and a live show with one of them and, and watching, um, you know, it was like 100 people that showed up and and they're all and and or maybe not 100. I think it was probably, oh, about like 70, 80. And they all get heard, by the way. They all get heard. They, the night doesn't end until they all get heard. Um, and it's quick, but it's, but it's interesting because you can see how like cutting down the learning curve for, Hey, here's how these things work. And here's how touring works, or here's how working with artists work, you know, cause that's specifically for, for producers, but education is so powerful when it comes from the right people, you know? I totally agree with that. You know, so I'm looking forward to seeing what you do in that realm too. You know, just saying, just throwing out all these little diversified digital, you know, things. Uh, what, uh, what? Oh yeah, yeah, it's needed. It's know? absolutely needed. Uh, and uh, and I, I'm also a big uh, proponent of, of of pushing. Like when I see people like you that uh, that just you know again like come with so much knowledge and experience and expertise, it's like, hey man, you got to thousands waiting on you <laughs> they're like hey you teach me teach me your ways what um do you have anything like coming up or anything you know that you're you know are you just kind of still currently you know promoting kaleidoscopes and like what's going um, on yeah we're still promoting kaleidoscopes um it's still doing very well um i'm actually planning to release um another single in august well really end of july going into august uh called street lights that's more of a um social conscious kind of record just kind of uh sharing my thoughts of what's going on in the world right now and and uh just giving people some um you know uplifting words that need to be heard from me right now and um working on a couple different collaborations with other artists too uh so i'm you know just excited about you know the, the rest of the year, you know, as far as musically goes, you know, we're just working on so many different things. Um, so yeah, it's all coming together. 
That's cool, man. Yeah, and uh, um, I'm looking forward to that project. You know, I, I think we're living in, um, you know, you and I talked about it before the show started about, you know, I'm glad it's surfacing uh, and coming, you know, and, and kind of shedding a light on a long historical problem. Um, which, you know, we're, we're relating it to here in America, but it's obviously happening. It's happened in other parts of the world, which is why it relates to other people in other parts of the world. So, uh, I'm looking forward to that. As soon as that comes out, you let me, I, I mean, you always keep me up to date with your music. I always appreciate that too. Cause I'm like, I'm a fan, man. So, you know, I'm like, I appreciate oh, it. you know, so it's cool to be able to, you know, anytime you launch something, just go right to Apple. <laughs> For me, it's, I go right to Apple or Spotify, but, um, so so yeah i'm gonna be looking forward to, to hearing your your take on that i'm gonna i'm gonna save that and then we'll just have you come back on the show and we'll talk you know we could talk about the we do like a cool 30 minute segment if you want on you know yeah. on on, yeah. on 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 those particular issues and what you're going to address in the song um i'd actually really like that a lot because i think that we have to be using our platforms right now to be having very good conversations on these things and that why they're important to tackle the issues versus sweeping anything under the rug um you know i'm just you know, the, the, the systems, God willing, they are changing because they are being overthrown. <laughs> so, but we'll, that's another, it's another conversation. I'm always, you know, I want to, I always want to keep the light on it. So, um, so that's amazing. Well, you know, you're welcome back on anytime. I mean, I, I, I didn't even realize it's been an hour and 10 minutes already. These, these shows go so fast, man. Wow. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying, right? Like you, you wouldn't have even thought about it, but that's, it happens all the time. And I actually, I got to thank the, the, the audience cause they listen all the way through. They always listen all the wow. way through. I know. Right. I, I'm like, do you like, I, I, I don't want to do the disservice of being a long show, but, uh, but you know, uh, I think also COVID helped <laughs> in that aspect. Um, just because everybody was like, you know, kind of more tapping in and tuning into different, you know, platforms a little bit more that with having the time and how they were going to use it. But yeah, man, you're, you're welcome back on anytime. You know this, I, I tell you that all the time. So thank you for coming back on. No problem, man. I, I truly appreciate the love, man, and the support. And, you know, we're going to keep this thing rocking, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hang back for one second. I'll connect with you here in a second after I, I cut the end of the show. But uh, okay. but but um, but everybody, everybody that's listening, you can just on Instagram, King James Worthy. Um, and from there, you'll get any information and you can go, you know, he'll always have uh, links for music and et cetera. But um, and by the way, he does just be be appropriate, but he does answer DMs. He does like he interacts with his audience. So like go reach out i i always by the way james i always tell the audience that because like i never want people to feel so mystical and <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know they're, they're like like you know, if you're an artist right now uh, first of all if you're an artist right now i think you need to reach out to james in fact all of you go to his dm and be like hey if you do uh, a course on this stuff let me know i'll pre-register or whatever it is like there i'm already giving you your <laughs> like your your, <laughs> your 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 pre-registrations or whatever you guys figure out the whole pricing or whatever but like or the community but but if you guys reach out to him he, you know he he's got you know years years of of uh experience in the music industry and can walk you through all of these things so um you know please feel free to reach out to him and uh yeah please do yeah and uh so for you know for for james for myself yeah, for hustle i really, I really appreciate all you guys constantly tuning in each week um, like I said, the, the numbers are cool. I mean, it's, it's cool to watch them go up, but you guys also know that, you know, um, 
in the glorification of numbers and all that other stuff, it's not as important as having the relationship with you guys. Like I, I just, I dig the people that reach out and that keep, you know, finding value in what we're all talking about and, and um, you know, feel comfortable even saying, Hey, I would love for you guys to talk about these topics. You guys know you can reach out for all that stuff. Um, again, I appreciate each and every one of you guys. I love you all. And we're out. <laughs>